Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team had more prospects into the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Tuesday, plus the NFL Sunday ticket. What is it going to cost to watch? We'll talk about that. The NFL draft is an absolute crapshoot. There's really no rhyme or reason. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up on a really busy Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. And welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. And if you are checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. We appreciate our guy, Ari. Make sure we're up on YouTube each and every day. And if you do like what you're seeing, hit the subscribe button. If you don't like what you're seeing, well... Do something good for your country. Hit the subscribe button anyway, right? We're not mad. We don't discriminate. No, but we do appreciate you checking out the show. Uh, any opportunity you get, whether you're listening on just regular podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, or if you're checking us out on YouTube. Like I said, we definitely appreciate you. Let's go ahead and jump into today's show. Little news and notes. And the Raiders had uh, multiple prospects into the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Tuesday, including Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. Uh, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter both put out that uh, C.J. Stroud is currently in Vegas meeting with the Raiders, one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. And of course, the Raiders pick at number seven. And we knew that that was going to happen. They're also going to have Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker in for a visit this week as well. They're not leaving any stone unturned. They're making sure that they do all their due diligence on all the quarterbacks. And that's all you can expect them to do. Even if they don't believe that they have an opportunity to get the guy that they really want, just to do the due diligence, just to know that they met with these guys and know what they're about. That's exactly what they're doing. But that wasn't the only guy that they visited with on Tuesday. They also hosted Georgia quarterback Keely Ringo on a top 30 visit. Of course, he's a big-time cornerback, explosive. They're talking about uh, one of the most athletic guys in the draft. I don't know what round he goes. I don't really think he's a first-round cornerback, but you know that the Raiders need plenty of defensive help. So, again, they're making sure that they uh, attack and, t- and talk to and visit with everybody that they have any kind of interest in and even guys that they may not have some interest in. But Keely Ringo from Georgia was in on Tuesday as well. And then also coming up, I uh, saw this uh, update from my guy Aaron Wilson out of Houston. He said UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson that's DTR is going to visit with the Eagles coming up this week the Bengals this week visit with the Browns worked out privately for the Niners and Saints and he will be attending the Raiders and Chargers local prospect days Uh, so that's according to Aaron Wilson out of Houston and DTR again he's a Las Vegas native and he went to UCLA so it makes sense that he'll go to the Raiders local day and also attend the Chargers uh, local day and really could could, uh, visit the Rams as well so uh, DTR will be really busy but he's a guy that I see as a later round draft pick that could be potentially picked up by the silver and black and see if they turn into anything if he could be a quality backup or if he could turn into uh, you know a franchise quarterback who knows but he's got a lot of good traits I know he's a hard worker Uh, he's been really kind of trying to model his game after Jalen Hurts that's something I learned at the Shrine Bowl when I had an opportunity to talk to him so again I think he's got a lot of work to do before he could be that franchise quarterback but at least he's got the work ethic to make it look like he's going to put in the work and try to be that guy so DTR will be also visiting with the silver and black now how about YouTube Sunday Ticket, right? Sunday Ticket now is no longer with DirecTV, but with YouTube. And YouTube on Tuesday announced how much it's going to cost for the NFL Sunday Ticket. And it goes like this. YouTube TV subscribers, if that's you, 
$349 a season, $249 if you purchase it before June 6th. So if you look at the calendar, it's April 12th. You got a little bit of time to make sure you purchase YouTube TV and then you can get the uh, you can get the Sunday ticket price for $249 as opposed to $349 for the season. $389 and $289 early if you bundle it with the Red Zone. So the Red Zone is going to be on YouTube as well. Now, for non-YouTube TV subscribers, $449 a season and $349 early if you do it before June 6th. 489 and 389 early with the red zone. So there you go. Uh, it's not cheap. Sunday tickets never been cheap, right? Direct TV's had it for a very long time, and I loved it when I had it, right? And it was, you know, expensive then, but you can find ways to kind of hustle it from Direct TV. I don't know if there's going to be any way you can hustle it from YouTube, but. It's always been expensive. It's always going to be expensive. They spent a lot of money to get the Sunday ticket, so you knew it was going to cost a lot of money. So there you go, $349 or $249 if you purchase it before June 6th. That's if you're a YouTube TV subscriber. And $389 or $289 if you bundle it with the Red Zone. And then for non-YouTube TV subscribers, $449 for the season, $349 early, $489 and $389 early if you have the Red Zone. So there is that little update if you planned on getting the Sunday ticket to watch the uh, the Raider games if you are out of market. Uh, also, a couple veterans are on the move or trying to be on the move. One was moved on Tuesday. Another one wants to be traded. Jeffrey Akuda was traded to the Falcons on uh, on Tuesday. The former, what, number three overall draft pick by the Detroit Lions really was banged up a lot, had Achilles tear, just never ended up being the guy he was supposed to be. And if you remember, he was supposed to be a sure shot, safe pick. You know, and I put that in, in air quotes, a safe pick. There really is no such thing as a safe pick. But in return for Jeffrey Okuda, a former number three overall pick, the Falcons sent the Lions a fifth round pick. So think about that. A former guy that went in the first round, number three overall, got traded just a couple years later to the Falcons for a fifth round pick. So he had a actually decent, pretty decent season last year with the Detroit Lions. He's hoping that a, a change of scenery could really kind of take his career to where it was supposed to be. But really, he's been banged up with injury, limited to just 10 games over his two first two pro seasons, started 15 games for the Lions in 2022 and played his best football early in the season, set a career high in tackles and passes defense while recording his first pro, pro, his first career pick six in 2022. Now he was traded. And again, that kind of goes back to letting you know that there is no safe pick when it comes to the NFL draft. Buccaneers linebacker Devin White wants to be traded. Now he is not a guy that the Buccaneers want to trade, but he's going into his fifth year option. Doesn't think he's going to get the money that the, that he wants uh, from the Buccaneers. So he wants to be traded. Jenna Lane from ESPN reported on Tuesday, Bucks Pro Bowl linebacker Devin White has in fact requested a trade. Uh, they do not want to trade him, but he wants to be traded as he's coming up on his fifth year option so there you go linebacker Devin White a guy that the year that the Raiders went and drafted Clee Farrell number four overall I wanted them to get Devin White and a lot of people said no don't do it I really thought it would have been a good pick for them uh, they haven't had that stud side down the sideline linebacker and I know Devin White's got uh, plenty of limitations but uh, the dude is very fast he's athletic he can cover the tight ends he comes away with uh, turnovers really good player but at this stage of the game I don't think it'd be make a lot of sense for the Raiders to go and make a move for him again he's coming into his fifth year option so he's going to want a big-time contract extension. So really, you're giving up draft capital for a one-year guy, a one-year rental, unless you plan on paying him some big-time money, and I don't think the Raiders plan on doing that. So that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to linebacker Devin White, a guy that could be traded, uh, just like DeAndre Hopkins, could be traded right around draft time, maybe even leading up to draft time. But Jeffrey Okuda on the move. He's now with the Falcons. Devin White wants to be on the move. 
I also wanted to play a little bit of sound for you here in segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast uh, before we wrap up this segment. And this has to come from the TV show On the Clock. It's on ESPN. It's the Manning brothers, Eli and Peyton, and Archie Manning's part of it as well. It's an Omaha production. And I'll tell you, I'm not a big Manning cast guy. Like, I don't watch Monday Night Football to watch the Mannings talk. I really just kind of like to deep dive into the game. But I did see this On the Clock, and it's really replacing the Gruden quarterback camps that he used to have all the time that I thought he did a really good job with on ESPN. But this on the clock is pretty good. And on the, what was it, Monday night or was it Tuesday night? I'm trying to, oh no, it was Monday night. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. It was Monday night. Uh, I saw on the clock with Bryce Young and then I saw on the clock with Hendon Hooker and thought it was really well done. Thought ESPN did a good job putting it together. Actually made a call to ESPN, some people that I know there behind the scenes and was like, hey, I don't know who uh, I can get on to talk about this series. I doubt Peyton Manning or Eli Manning is going to pick up the phone and call me, but I'd love to talk to somebody on my show about uh, about this uh, series because I think it's really, really good. So I'm working on it behind the scenes. We'll see what happens. But I wanted to play a couple quick sound bites from what Peyton Manning had to say about Hendon Hooker, and this one really stood out to me, and it's really about what stands out to him about Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. Let's take a look at Hendon Hooker. Yeah, I went to three games that Hendon played this year, and the one thing that jumps out at me is his eyes. He uses his eyes well. He moves defenders, right? I think he gets that part. You know, the, the biggest mistake guys make is they just lock in and stare at a guy. So I think he knows he wants this backside, but he's using his eyes to start to the left. And a quick strike for the volunteers! You better be able to look guys off in the NFL. So I was pretty intrigued by that, talking about his eyes and the fact that he doesn't lock in on a receiver. And, you know, that's one of the biggest keys to being a really good quarterback in the NFL is you cannot lock in on a wide receiver. You've got to be able to manipulate your eyes, manipulate the the safeties and the cornerbacks and the th- make them think you're going one way, then go the other d- way. And for Peyton Manning, uh, obviously a Hall of Famer, to be able to point out that he sees good eyes from Hendon Hooker, I thought that that was pretty important. Of course, he's coming off that torn ACL. So here's Eli and Peyton talking about any concern that they may have for Hendon Hooker coming off that torn ACL. Hey, what do you think? Obviously, he's coming off a, an ACL injury. How does that affect things? Yeah, that was hard to watch. I think Hendon probably does go on, you know, win the Heisman Trophy, if not for that injury. You know, I think the ACL, I'm not saying it's not a big deal, right? It's, it's especially, I'm sure Hendon feels like it's a very big deal, but they can fix those so much faster yeah. and, and, and better than they used to. So Tom Brady had an ACL, Joe Burrow had an ACL, so you definitely can come back for it. I think you can actually come back even sooner. So there you go. Eli and Peyton talking about the torn ACL and how it's not really a big deal. And they don't want to make it sound like it's not really a big deal. But I'll tell you what, when I tore my ACLs back when I was young playing basketball and now the way that they tear their ACLs and come back from it, it's really not a big deal like it used to be. That used to be one of those death nails like, oh, you tore your ACL. It's a wrap. Now it's like, okay, it's just a minor setback for a, a comeback. And it's not even a major comeback. It's just a comeback. So uh, I do think that Hendon Hooker will be fine. I mean, plenty of quarterbacks, like you heard him say, Joe Burrow, uh, Deshaun Watson's torn his ACL multiple times. I mean, there's there's been guys that have torn their ACL that have come back and played just fine. So I do think that Hendon Hooker will be fine with that. My biggest thing with him is can he translate from his game at Tennessee into the NFL. That'll be my biggest uh, concern and just kind of see what they do. But I do know he's a player that the Raiders are very interested in. Speaking of players, the Raiders are interested in Mel Kuyper Jr. He's going to have pre-draft conference call number two today. And matter of fact, depending on what time you're listening to this show, at 7.15 a.m., 
Pacific time. So if it's past 7.15, the, the conference call is going on already, or it might be over. But, of course, as you know, I'll have plenty of sound from that coming up on tomorrow's show. And he's put out a latest mock draft, and he actually had uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois going number seven to the Raiders uh, with his latest mock draft. So there's that. So we'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about some other draft prospects, even some guys that may be flying under the radar, try to get in as many questions as we can with Mel a little later on this morning. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, want to talk about how the NFL draft is an absolute crapshoot. And why do I say that? Well, my guy Gilbert Manzano from Monday Morning Quarterback on SI.com, he put out a really good article. We'll talk about it, break it down, and really explain why we really don't know who's going to be good and who's not in the NFL. We'll do it all coming up next after we tell you about the ultimate football GM. And ever since the offseason hit for the Silver and Black, we've been playing the ultimate football GM. We've been Dave Ziegler. We've been trying to figure out what draft uh, draft prospects the Raiders should be interested in, what free agents they should go get, what coaches they should bring in. How are they going to navigate through a season? Are they going to get to the playoffs? If they are, how far are they going to go? All those things I just described are things that are going on in the ultimate football GM. It's a very fun game that you can download it's very challenging it's realistic it's completely free and you can even play it offline so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast will get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. It's all caps and it's in the game store. Again, it's Locked On in all caps. Make sure to check it out today. If you want to download the game, all you got to do is visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the NFL draft and the fact that no matter how we try to look at it, how we try to break it down, how we try to analyze it, we look at the analytics, we do this, that, and the other, we talk to insiders, we figure out who's a safe pick, who's not a safe pick. We really, at the end of the day, don't have any idea who's going to translate to the NFL and who's not. Whenever you say go with the safe pick, don't reach, don't, don't go for the home run, don't try to go too big. Do, you, do we really even know what that absolutely means? And why do I say that? Well, my guy, Gilbert Manzano, does a fantastic job covering the NFL like a glove. Uh, he's part of Monday Morning Quarterback now on SI.com, put out a piece that I encourage everyone to go read and check out. And I actually had him as a guest on my radio show on Tuesday because I read the piece and I was like, man, I got to get him on here to break it down. And I thought it was really good stuff. It's called The 20 Best Draft Picks Over the Past 10 Years. This, lo- this list includes only two Top three picks, 13 players selected 10th or later, and six players taken after the first round. And then there's one position that dominated, according to Gilbert Manzano. And look, just because he's putting it down here on paper and I read it and I thought it was really good, doesn't mean it's gospel, but it kind of gives you a really good idea of, you know, when you're looking at the NFL draft and we're trying to break it down, we're trying to figure out who's the safe pick and who's the smart pick, what you got to do, how you got to build up the team. I mean, you really just... Sometimes it's, it's just about being a little bit lucky, right? Sometimes you got to be better. It's better to be lucky than good. That's just how it is sometimes when it comes to the NFL draft. Again, only two were top three picks. 13 were selected 10th or later. Six were drafted after the first round. And all the non-quarterbacks have been named first-team All-Pro at least once. So think about this. Ten years, only four quarterbacks were 
part of the top 20 best draft picks over the last 10 years. So only four quarterbacks, and we're talking about the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. We're talking about C.J. Stroud. We're talking about Bryce Young. We're talking about Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. Those are, according to Mel Kuyper Jr., who just put out his latest mock draft, he has them going one, two, three, four in his latest mock draft. And according to Gilbert Manzano, out of the top 20 draft picks over the past 10 years, only four quarterbacks have been really, really good. So we're expecting all four of those quarterbacks to be good. The chances are they're not, right? I mean, that's that's the whole point. The chances are if there's four quarterbacks that go in the top 10, hell, if there's four quarterbacks that go in the first round, most likely at best, two are going to be good. But think about this. Four quarterbacks out of 20 total draft picks over the past 10 years, he has as the best picks. One, three, 14, and 19. Mahomes was number one. It was 10th overall when he was drafted. Joe Burrow, he has listed as three, who was number one overall when he was drafted. Josh Allen comes in at 14, who was number seven overall when he was drafted. And then Justin Herbert at 19, who was number six overall. And that's it. Out of the past 10 years, those are the best quarterbacks selected. And I think that if you think about it, we all can agree that he's right. Four quarterbacks out of the last 10 years make the top 20 list. That's pretty incredible to me. So again, if you're looking at Four quarterbacks, and if you include Hedden Hooker, five quarterbacks could all go in the first round. What's the chances that all five are going to be good? Not very good at all when it took 10 years just to find four. Just think about that. Let that sink in for a minute. How about defensive linemen? A lot of people say, go go with the defensive lineman, Q. That's the best direction to go. And you know what? You might be right. This is a combination of defensive tackles and edge rushers. Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Chris Jones. So there's six D linemen total. Again, that's a combination of tackles and edge rushers. Aaron Donald, he has as the number two best player in the past 20 years, 13th overall. Khalil Mack, the Raiders drafted him. He has him as the fifth best draft pick, and he was selected number five overall. Nick Bosa, 49ers, got him number two overall. He has him as the seventh best player. T.J. Watt, remember when T.J. Watt was drafted? Number 30 overall. He has him listed as the ninth best player drafted in the top 10 in the, in the last 10 years. Micah Parsons just drafted a few years ago by the Cowboys. He has him uh, number 17 on his list, 12th overall draft pick. And then Chris Jones, who's the number 20 pick on this list, was 37th overall. So really the defensive lineman, there's more success there than the quarterbacks. And those are all really good guys. Donald, Mack, Bosa, Watt, Parsons, Jones. You can't complain about any of those. So, you know, when you look at this upcoming draft and you see guys like Tyree Wilson, big fan of, Jalen Carter, we know he can easily be the best player in this upcoming draft. Uh, there's other guys that that could be dominant. You know, you're looking at Cansey uh, out of Pitt. He could be a, a, a big-time player. I mean, there's there's plenty of dudes, right, that you can get and and really attack that position, uh, edge rusher and and uh, the defensive tackle position. Lucas Van Ness is another guy to think about. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that you could look at and say, okay, uh, that could be potentially a, a game changer. But out of the last 10 years, six defensive linemen, both tackles and edge rushers, uh, are on Gilbert's top 20 list. Uh, how about this? Only one tight end, only one cornerback, and only one running back. Travis Kelsey has listed number four. He was number 63 overall when he was selected. Jalen Ramsey, he has him listed as 11. He was number five overall when he was selected by Jacksonville. And how about Derrick Henry? Number 13, he was number 45 overall. He was selected one pick after Jihad Ward did, was picked by the Raiders. So only one tight end, one cornerback, and one running back. This upcoming draft, very deep on tight ends. 
deep on cornerbacks. And, well, running backs are devalued anyway. But you think about B. John Robinson, and you can say, okay, he's probably the Derrick Henry. Not the same build, not the same style, but he's probably a difference maker, just like Derrick Henry, in my opinion. He also could be up there with Jalen Carter as the best players, just overall players in this upcoming draft. Offensive linemen, they always say build them in the trenches, right? He only has two offensive linemen, both guards, for the top, the top 20 picks in the last 10 years. Zach Martin, he has listed at six. He was a 16th overall pick by the Cowboys. And then Quentin Nelson, uh, 15, and he was a sixth overall pick by the Indianapolis Colts. And that's it. So there's obviously more dominant defensive linemen than there are offensive linemen and no tackles. You know, again, and, and look, how many times have the Raiders gone with the safe pick? I can go all the way back to Robert Gallery. Remember, he was supposed to be the safe pick. He didn't work out to be worth the salt. Right. And then I can even go to, oh, well, go with Cleve Farrell. Cleve Farrell was the, the uh, you know, the safe pick on the edge for the Raiders. That didn't work out. I mean, he was a good player, but he was never who he was supposed to be when they selected him. Right. I mean, and then you've seen guys like Alex Leatherwood get selected by the Raiders at, at 17. He's barely hanging into the league anymore, if even in the league anymore. I don't even know if Chicago still has him. They might have got rid of him already. I mean, there's just it's so it's so hard to gauge. Even the guys that look like safe picks just aren't guaranteed to be safe picks. So he has two offensive linemen, both guards, Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson. Finally, the last the last category he has, wide receiver. How about this? Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup. You know when they were selected? Tyreek Hill, number 165. Now, he had legal issues coming out of Oklahoma State, so that's why he went so late. Devontae Adams, number 53 overall. That's round two. DeAndre Hopkins, at the end of round one, number 27 overall. Justin Jefferson, he was drafted, what, a couple picks after Damon Arnett? Number 22 overall. Cooper Cup, number 69 overall. So those guys represented spot 8, spot 10, spot 12, 16, and 18. So the wide receivers represented really well. The defensive linemen represented really well. And that's really it. Out of the last 10 years. So it doesn't matter what flavor you want. You can go get a cornerback. I mentioned Jeffrey Okuda. He was the number 3 overall pick by the Lions. That didn't work out. The Raiders obviously have selected multiple uh, cornerbacks in the first round. That hasn't worked out. Uh, they've they've selected D linemen. They've selected offensive linemen. They've selected a quarterback in the past. I mean, you know, there's just you just don't know. You've got to trust your scouting department and hope that they know exactly what you're looking for and hope that they can develop a lot of the failures of these players as well. They go to bad organizations that don't know how to develop them. And the Raiders have been guilty of that as well. So, I mean, it's just you want to build through the draft because that's where it makes all the sense. You don't want to try to build your team through free agency, but you also have got to be smart about it and be able to hit on more picks than not. And the Raiders lately, what is their, where's their success been with their draft picks? In the later rounds, not even in the first round. So I found that to be a pretty interesting little article that Gilbert put out on Monday Morning Quarterback. Honorable mentions, Jamar Chase in 2021, Todd Gurley in 2015, Stephon Diggs in 2015, Laramie Tunsil in 2016, Christian McCaffrey in 2017, George Kittle in 17, Mike Evans in 2014, Zeke Elliott in 16, Sauce Gardner last season, and then Lamar Jackson in uh, 2018. So those were his honorable mentions, but I uh, thought the list one through 20 was really good. Again, going through it real quick as we wrap this up, four quarterbacks total in 10 years, six D linemen, both tackle and edge in 10 years, one tight end, one quarterback, one running back in 10 years, two O linemen, both guards in 10 years, and then five wide receivers in 10 years. You just don't know no matter what position you're targeting, no matter how you're going to build that team, you just got to get lucky at some point because it's not an exact science. It's simple as that. 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up next here 
on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Went a little long in segment one and two, so not going to have a lot of time for calls and text, but we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, this calls from the 732. This is a quick one. Uh, he's calling to share his idea for what the he thinks the NFL should do for the 17-game season format that the league has going on right now. Here it is, a call from the 732. Thank you. I just wanted to share a thought that I've had recently with you see what you think about it you can get on the show. Um, so since the NFL has moved to a 17-game season has the alternate home game for each conference every other year, I always thought about what if they just gave every team an international game or a neutral site game for the 17th game so one conference didn't have an extra, uh, an extra home game every year. And then that also removes the um, the idea that when a team plays an international game, one team has to lose a home game. So every team has a 17th game that's either an international game or maybe in a city that has a stadium but not a team to give them some football once a year. What do you think? All right, have a good one. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. And, yeah, the neutral site idea – I, I can see the league rolling with that. I mean, remember them talking about the neutral site last season for the playoffs, right? And, and that seemed to be an idea that uh, multiple people, including, I believe, Peter King from Monday Morning Quarterback, said that that's something that's going to happen sooner rather than later for no other reason so they can create more revenue. Because, you know, the one thing the NFL wants to do at all times is create more revenue. Now, I don't think the, you know, the international game for everybody is something that's realistic, but the neutral site game, I could definitely see that as a go. Thank you so much for the call. Next time you call, make sure you drop your name. My man, I don't want to call you the call from the 732, but definitely appreciate the call. Anyway, up next, got a text from Raider Ken in the 559. He said, what up, Q? Appreciate the work you put in for a great show. This is Raider Ken 559. Says everybody makes up a name for themselves. LOL. With all the noise from the Raider fans about bringing in Pat's personnel players, I wanted to just pose the following question. Do fans want people from losing programs or something? I think it would be more concerning if the current regime was from and bringing in people from losing programs, right? These guys are from a proven winning program and one that has been winning consistently since we started losing consistently. I know fans want results now, and that's fair, but change takes time. The public seemed fine giving Gruden time and a lot of money for which we didn't have a winning record until uh, year four, a season that we finished without him, and not to mention he was a career 500 coach overall making $10 million a year. It's a new leaf, so fans need to get behind it. Or, or don't at this point. Thanks, and sorry for a long text. That's Raider Ken in the 559, and thank you for the text. And, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it, man. I mean, fans are going to always be impatient. Look, I want the Raiders to win right now, too. I just re know that, realistically, that's not going to happen. Last year, going into the season, after they picked up Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, I thought that that was a real deal possibility. Man, they got Carr and Adams back together. It's going to be amazing, right? But I was, you know, I was blinded by the four-game winning streak they went on in 2021 to get into the playoffs. So this year I'm taking a step back. I'm watching and seeing how it builds. And, I mean, that's the thing. You hit it on the head. You're always going to go and go out and get your guys, right? And if you're coming from a winning program, you're going to get poached. I mean, look at the, the Eagles. They just played in the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl. But look how many players and coaches they lost in the offseason. I mean, they've lost both their coordinators. Their offense, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator are now head coaches in the NFL. 
right? So, I mean, they just, they, that's just what happens. And, and they've lost a lot of free agents as well because, that, again, you're always going to get poached. Remember when the Seahawks were so good? Remember everybody wanted somebody from the Seahawks organization? How many coaches got head coaching jobs because of the Seahawks? They, they brought them from the Seahawks organization. How many guys signed free agent deals because they were part of the Legion of Boom? I mean, that's just the reality of it. And also, as I've mentioned many times, when guys – take jobs somewhere they're always going to bring in people they're familiar with that they don't have to convince to do things their way they already know how to do things their way and they believe the same things and believe me that is a lot easier than trying to convince someone who may be old and stuck in their ways that oh this is how we've always done it this is how we're going to do it no that's not how you do it anymore that old way obviously wasn't working so stop doing it that way so it's a lot easier just to bring in your own guys and believe me everybody from every walk of life wants that opportunity to bring in their own guys guys that think like them so they don't have to try to pull teeth and convince them that well this is the way that it should be done so yeah it just it makes all the sense in the world and that's exactly why this staff has chosen to go in that direction because everyone that has the opportunity to do it We'll do it. Uh, let's get one more quick call in. Raider Big C in L.A. He's calling to talk about that Sunday ticket prices for YouTube TV. Something I talked about in segment number one. Here he is, Raider Big C in L.A. Hey, he's Raider Big C from L.A. Oh, and for the third time, keep getting distracted. But I want to talk about the YouTube Sunday ticket prices that just came out. You might be talking in your podcast coming up. But, man, I get it. They paid a lot of money. You got to charge the customers. But, wow, it's a lot of money. I mean, I see like the basic pre-sale price is like 250 if you're a YouTube subscriber already. Um, but if you're not a YouTube TV subscriber, it'll be around 350 to, to add on that premium channel. And this is all because of a pre-sale budget six. But if you don't get the pre-sale, if you don't have a YouTube TV, it's going to cost you $450. Wow. Uh, just wow. That is a lot of money. And I get it. You pay for it, you know. But uh, I'm going to be honest. You're probably the second, second thing about uh, getting this Sunday ticket. You know, it's nice living in L.A., seeing the Raiders. You know, we don't get really see them so often. But, uh, damn. So that's my, just my take on it. It's going to be a little pricey. Um, I don't know if you know, but maybe you can see around with your inner circles and see if this is something that's, I think they're going to do something for the local bars to cut a deal. Hopefully that's the case because I might have to go back to the bars and watch these games instead of watching from the comfort of my own home. We'll see how it goes. Uh, another note, Jack's coming up. Looking good. Looking good. I just hope this time that they don't make a mistake and they get it right. I think this is the biggest draft in the Raiders' history. If we do not hit on a few of these picks, we're going to be set back one more years, and guess what? We're just going to become another residency in L.A. or in Vegas, and our other people are going to go ahead and sell that stadium, unfortunately. But I hope I hope that they're going to do it, and looking forward. You know, my expectations are low this year. So I'm going to keep it low and just enjoy it. Right, a big team from L.A. out. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And, yeah, the Sunday ticket is awesome. I loved it when I had it. Uh, but it is costly, right? And it's so funny on DirecTV, people have always had hustles. Like they call DirecTV and say, oh, I'm going to cancel. And then they say, all right, well, throw Sunday ticket in. You can keep it. So that's always been the hustle. I don't know if there's any hustle now for YouTube TV. I really don't because, one, I don't have YouTube TV. And I don't know if that's something that's going to even be a possibility. But it's going to be costly. Sunday ticket's always been costly. It's super convenient. I love it. 
I mean, I really did. When I had it, it was fantastic. And then once I moved, there was no reason for it, not to mention I'm never home on game day anyway because I'm, for the most part, at the stadium, you know. But, man, I'll tell you, uh, just to have the opportunity to, to be able to flip on any game and watch multiple games at the same time and all that gets, man, it's just, it is a heck of a thing. So I, I really do enjoy it, but I understand that it costs a lot of money. You know, it won't take long, though, to come up with a hustle, figure out how to get it for a lot cheaper. You know, we always come up with it, right? It's just going to take us a little bit of time. So uh, there you go, Raider Big C in L.A. And, uh, yeah, as far as what you were talking about, about the the draft, yeah, you got to get the draft right, right? That's a must. There's a lot of pressure. It's not easy. It's a crapshoot, like I was talking about in segment number two. But I do believe the right people are in place, and I do have a lot of confidence. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm blindly going into it, but I, I definitely believe that Dave Ziegler is the right guy to call the right shots and bring in the players that will make a lot of sense for this team to get better. I just, for some reason, I believe in Dave Ziegler. We'll see how it all shakes out. But what he was able to do with a small amount of draft capital in 2022 makes me feel like given a full allotment of draft capital like he has this year, 12 draft picks, I just feel like he's going to do really well and start to turn this team around but again that's just me and we'll see what it's like coming up about what 15 days from now as the first round gets started in Kansas City so that's all I got time for on today's show coming up tomorrow we'll have a 360 Raider I uh, got a, a call from him I got a text from Raider Eddie in Denver a call from Raider Cisco plus we'll have news and notes of the day plus we'll hear from Mel Kuyper Jr. And I just say his name like that because I enjoy saying it. I actually had someone hit me up and say, it sounds like you're having a stroke. And I didn't, I don't know what it sounds like when you're having a stroke. So I don't think that that's what it sounds like, but maybe it is, but just have no fear. I'm not having a stroke. I just enjoy saying his name like that. It's just what I do. I don't know why it, it bothers so many people, but it really does, but that's just what I'm going to do. So, I mean, it is what it is, but definitely uh, have some sounds from him from his uh, pre-draft conference call number two, later on this morning. Until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.